0: Welcome to American Players Theater, Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange chats with director Gigi Buffington and actor Melissa Pereira about APT's 2017 production of The Maids by Jean Genet, translated by Bernard Fretman.
1: We're talking about the... French play, The Maids, and I am fortunate to have with me uh, Melissa Perere, who is playing Claire, and the director, first-time director at APT, uh, Gigi Buffington, and I first want to start out by asking you both, um, this play is, is based on a true story that took place in France in, in the 1930s, and it's a pretty grim story. Why, um, why did Jeanne write the play, and why do we want to see it? Um, If I dive into that question, why he wrote the play
2: um, is anybody's guess. But if you read about his life, if you read his biography, um, there are so many parallels. He was adopted into a family. He was um, from a lower class uh, background. He was adopted through a program that isn't permanent. You reach a certain age and then you're sort of tossed back out into the world and um, at one point during his years with this adoptive family and his adoptive mother was very nurturing toward him um, the, the, the war broke out and his uh, adoptive brothers, let's say the, the, the brothers who, who were in this home in which he was taken into um, uh, and the father were all sent off and so he was the only male and he was doted on for a little over 1 year and then they all came back and he lost that status and that attention and i think that was very difficult for him and i think that there are some parallels to that in the in the in the text of the maids um that that we can find um so I, you know I, I think that most playwrights write out of a need to express something about their own reality, and I think that's where *The Maids* was born for Genet. As, as vague as that
1: sounds, I think there's much of his life in that play. And it is a play about domestic servants. Um, and I, are you? Is Claire one of the maids? Yes, indeed. And she and her sister Mm -hmm. are in service. Um, Talk a little bit about your character and her relationship with her sister.
3: Oh, where do I start? Um, Well, they're both in in a position, I think, of... They're they're obviously in a position of servitude. So they have that in common, right? And with that um, comes a lot of uh, dependency on each other. And through that dependency... Um, They develop a friendship that is engulfed by love and hate and envy and desire and uh, hope um, and defeat and all the things that make us human. It's a very complicated um, entanglement um, of minds that happens because of the circumstance that they're in um, when they have to deal with the reality that at the end of the day, what they are will always be. Maids, um, right? Yes. Right, that's what I think. Yes, I mean,
2: that's beautifully, beautifully <laughs> stated. And it's so, um, sisters uh, are, any sisters are pretty uh, hmm, interwoven uh, personalities, whether they want to be or not. But I think the circumstances, as
1: Melissa was saying, make them even more so. So, talk a little bit about being in service. What what is the uh, power um, uh, status of of domestics or, or maids? Uh, there's a lot in the play about the sisters and their relationship to Madame. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
1: how do they feel about about?
3: Well, I mean that's the crux of the play, right? That's what we discuss in there. If they feel a lot of things for Madame because of Madame, in spite of Madame. Um, and that is one of the really mind-tripping things about Genet is that it has a Brechtian feel in the sense that where we are right now in the process, we are actually figuring that out exactly. Um, how, how, exa- what, how do we feel at each part um, of the play uh, for Madame? Um, it's a very complicated question that I'm not even sure how to answer. I think there are times where, obviously, what we're doing is we're planning her demise. We want her out of our lives, um, and with that comes a humanity that pulses to all sides of, of the spectrum. And sometimes we need to, we have this deep desire to do it and we finally find the courage and then somebody says something and it takes us back. So it's um, it's really a mind trip being in the heads of these characters. And as I'm working with Gigi, Gigi and I had the great privilege of working together on Romeo and Juliet. She was my text coach for that. And um, we were able to really get into the language and under the the spirit of of Juliet and That, right at the time, seemed like such a daunting task. But this task (laughs) is actually much, much greater, not just because uh, we're working together as director and actor, but also um, because Claire is not ever just Claire. Claire plays three different people, really, in the play. (laughs) Um, Spiritually speaking and literally speaking, um, I impersonate my madame. At a point in the play, Uh, and then I'm myself, and then I am myself in distress, then I'm myself in front of my sister. So there are so many levels as to who this person is. Um, But on the page, I I play Claire, who is a maid. I play Claire, who is a sister, and I play Claire, who impersonates her madame. And those are three very different psyches and by far, one of the most challenging ones I've ever had the honor of working on.
2: And her switches, her changes, don't happen from sort of one section of the play to the next. They can happen literally moment to moment. And so our job together is to really, first, we are unearthing and identifying who's doing here or who's speaking here, and then how does Melissa make these changes that quickly, that forensically, that the audience is with it? We are with who she is at the moment that she's playing that particular character. Um, and the other layer that's, I think, incredibly complicated about the relationship of Madame and these two women, the sisters, Claire and Solange, is that. They don't work for her and then go home somewhere, but they all live together. And the layer of the living together, which we see a lot of in, um, certainly in urban uh, centers here in the United States, where families who have the means can hire somebody to move in and, let's say, take care of the children, raise the children while the parents are working and doing their lives, right? Um when a maid or a domestic worker becomes um, a live-in employee, it, the complications are so great, and the lines that uh, the lines or the codes of behavior are really unclear. And then you get, in answer to another one of your questions, which was uh, the the murder that that occurred or the multiple murders at Taliesin. Um, it's a very similar circumstance. A man and his wife are living as employees of Frank Lloyd Wright. And why? Why is this bloody, awful murder committed that parallels extremely the, the Papin sisters that Genet based this play on? The, the, um, the depth of the violence... It's not just killing, it's how the killing happens. Um, feels, to me, very much like when Gloucester has his eyes gouged out in King Lear. It's it's gruesome. And what drives a person to that kind of violence? Um, reading Dear Frank and doing research on Frank Lloyd Wright and what happened at Taliesin as I was researching the maids, what seemed very clear to me is the common denominator is this feeling of having no authorship of your life. Your life is not your own. It belongs to your employer. You are at their beck and call. Whether the outside world views this as true or not is almost irrelevant. It's how the employees feel. And We, certainly in the language of the maids, it's very clear that that Claire's life is not her own. She is sometimes given the freedom to express maybe a real part of herself, but for the most part, she is not only denied that right, but she is opened to the right and then snatched. That right is snatched away from her whenever a whim strikes her employer so you're, you're on this little tiny boat on this enormous, tumultuous ocean trying to navigate. And the journey of the play is two young women really trying to navigate their way through the most extremely difficult circumstances, right?
3: How do, how do you survive oppression? Right. We will all have our own version of that, depending on where on on the hand that we were dealt in our lives. And I think in this particular play, um, these women are dealt a very um, difficult hand and uh, it is a wild, wild ride. Um, across the seas <laughs> to finish
1: that metaphor. <laughs> and, and I'd like to pick up on, on what you just said about uh, dealing with oppression and a lack of control in your life because the play um, debuted in Paris in 1947, which it's not accidental, I think, that they had just signed the uh, the Paris Peace Treaties a few months before. So um, pa- France was in tumult. There were general strikes that involved millions of people. Um have you done some some digging into the, the setting of the play at, at the time that he wrote it and staged it?
2: I have done more research on um, what's happening now and how what's happening now relates to the, the, the actors that were cast in this play. I mean, Maylisa, for me, is the center of the play. We wanted to work together. So for me, she is the center of the universe of the maids. And who she is, and what we share was what I was really interested in exploring. And though I definitely did my homework on Genet, what became more um, sort of, to me, more important to our maids is what's happening right now. And when we first started talking about this play... It was around a year ago, and politically what has happened since this year has taken place has made this play feel more important and more relevant than ever. So we've been looking more at politically what's happening now.
3: And I I think another way to phrase that question, to make it about now as well, is does history repeat itself? Yes, ma'am. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And yes, it has. And unfortunately, yes, it will. And that is where we are right now. And to, to go back to, to France at this time when, you know, I'm Latinx, my community immigrants are being persecuted all over the country, basically. Um, I can't be so irresponsible as to not speak into that, which is is so relevant um, to my life, to my existence, and to my own oppression as an artist, as a human being, as a woman. Um, And I am so excited to do it in the woods of Wisconsin in the hands of Gigi Buffington because I can't think of anyone else. This is the way that oppression works on the psyche. These women, particularly my character, decides that anything would be better than to continue to live in this situation, and anybody who sits outside of oppression can look in and say, "Oh, that's not that bad." It you know the madame isn't that bad to them. They actually are very wealthy. They live together. But when you are actually inside that person's psyche and robbed of who you are, um, of your own choices, um, anything, including giving up your your own life, becomes worth it and possibly better. You actually find hope in that. So um, oppression is deep and personal, um, and we're going to explore that in this play.
2: And and just one other thing, if there's time or not, but what's really um, so compelling for us as an audience to watch is these two young women, the the courage they have to try to navigate, that they never give up hope on on a better possibility for their life. They keep fighting to try to to find a better life. So they haven't, I mean, it's amazing to me that they just don't give up, that they don't just acquiesce to being maids that, you know, aren't treated terribly, they aren't physically assaulted by their madame, but it's so impossible for them to continue and they keep working at ways to free themselves and in the end well they do they actually free themselves and that to me is where the play just
1: it's it's exalting exalted thank you so much for bringing this play to us
2: thank you for having us
1: yeah great thank you <laughs>
0: Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Err by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Orange Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.